This podcast is sponsored in part by Lombard Risk. There's nothing simple about the increasing complexity of collateral margining. The continuing drive to create a riskless environment has instead brought about more regulation, increased volumes and costs. It's not the risk-free heaven the regulators had envisioned. Join the November 16th DerivSource webinar and get a glimpse of the future, the new industry ecosystem that streamlines front-to-back processes from trading through collateral management to settlement. Lombard Risk and key infrastructure providers will explore. For more information, please go to DerivSource.com. Hello and welcome to this DerivSource podcast. I'm Julia Schieffer, the founder and editor of DerivSource.com. The International Capital Markets Association, or ICMA, has published the results of its most recent survey of the European repo market. And the findings may indicate that the European repo market is in fact recovering from the liquidity crunch the market experienced late last year. Here to walk me through the highlights of the survey and possible implications on the repo market going forward is Richard Camado, advisor to ICMA and senior visiting fellow at the ICMA Center at Reading University. Welcome to the podcast, Richard. Thank you, Julia. The latest ICMA survey on the repo market suggests that the market may be recovering from the lack of liquidity seen at the end of 2016. Do you believe that the market may be recovering? And if so, why? I think we have to assume it is. Um, There are always seasonal influences at the end of the year, um, a reduction in people's books for reporting purposes. So we always get something. Um, Whether it's a trend is is much more difficult to say. But given the unusual disruption in the market um, at the end of 2016, and given that um, we've not really, well, we've seen a partial repeat in at the end of March, but things have calmed down. Um, I think we've obviously got over that particular problem for the moment. So there's going to be a rebound. In addition, when we looked at the numbers, the expansion in repo books has been so broad that the large majority of participants were increasing the size of the repo books. Given the breadth of that expansion, it does suggest that there is a powerful uh, driver Um, behind the market. Um, Now, that looks as though it's recovering from anecdotal evidence, looks as though it's continuing over the second half of 2017. But of course, we uh, we don't know what's really going to happen at the end of this year, whether we'll have a repeat um, of the end of 2016, um, whether people are going to be reacting to another wave of regulation that's coming along. We, We have actual implementation of a number of initiatives in 2018, how how much people have anticipated those um, new regulations, how much that's built into the market already is difficult to say. But um, I think it's a fair guess from what evidence we have that there is a broad-based recovery. So Richard, you've already touched on what we might expect at the end of this year. Can you elaborate a little bit in terms of what you think the market should be doing in terms of bracing itself for a potential uh, liquidity crunch at the end of this year? Well, this is the $64,000 question. Um, I, I think some of the factors behind what happened at the end of 2016 are absent. For example, at the moment, it doesn't appear that we're going to have the same um, yen basis a driver that we had at the end of 2016, but 
that's um, we think. Um, so some of the forces that, that um, exaggerated what happened at the end of last year are, may well be absent or more muted. But um, there's also the possibility that people have learnt, um, they, they are better prepared. Uh, we, we've, we see, even last year, we saw a lot of um, business, a lot of firms getting business done from September, October, in anticipation of the end of the year. Well, I, I think they're going to be even more um, careful about approaching year-end with um, business still needing to be done. So there might be a learning effect. We might be able to manage the situation better. But it is really very difficult to say. A lot of firms have business they simply can't do in advance. So firms don't know people like money market mutual funds have very short-term horizons. There are There's lots of business that really people don't know what they need until they get to the very end of the year. So there's always that. I mentioned... Um, the implementation of uh, further regulations in 2018, one would expect that uh, a preparation for that is, is well advanced. But again, um, there is an awful lot of regulation, a lot of uncertainty. Um, so I think we will get disruption. Uh, the degree, I would be surprised if it was as bad as at the end of 2016, but one can't rule that out. And going back to the survey itself, uh, Richard, looking at the other findings, were any of them a surprise to you? I think the, if we look at um, the general trends that, that um, we've, we've seen continuing, uh, it is this migration of the market to more direct business um, away from electronic trading and away from CCP clearing. Now, I have to emphasize that our survey measures outstandings on a particular data, the snapshot of the market um, of positions that, are, that, that exist at the end of business on the survey day. We don't measure turnover, so we don't measure the full flow of business over a period of time. But looking at it from our point of view, um, we see this movement to uh, direct business, which is, is going to be customer business. People clearly concentrating their balance sheets where they make most revenue and moving away from relatively low margin into dealer business. And that's why we see less electronic and less CCP clear trading. Um, that also appears to be a driver of the, of the expansion of the market in the first half of this year, as shown by the survey. So it, that's clearly an, an important structural trend, focus on franchise. In addition, we see uh, evidence of the hub and spoke structure of the market where a lot of the collateral comes from the core investment banks who are essentially London based and cross border business in and out of the Eurozone is evidence of, of that structure. That obviously raises interesting questions about how the market will readjust post Brexit given the structural form it appears to be taking at the moment. Um, but the single most interesting fact for me is the decline in tri-party repo. Um, part of that in our survey was due to we lost one of um, our participants temporarily. They'll be back in the next survey, but one of them dropped out. And um, they were a user, quite a large user of tri-party. So we expected to see a fairly small fall in tri-party because of that. But even adjusting for 
that participant falling out, the, the decline in the share of tri-party repo was quite surprising. It's probably one of the smallest shares we've had since we've been doing the survey. And that's not consistent with anecdotal evidence that, that has been picked up over a couple of years and more people coming into the market, non-bank financials coming into repo and using tri-party repo as a route in. Now, it may be that our perception of tri-party is distorted because we survey essentially banks. And it may be that non-bank financials don't entirely appear on, on our radar screen. But it's still, um, it's still quite unusual given the size of the reduction in tri-party. Now, some people have suggested that um, it's just a reflection of the amount of liquidity in the system, particularly central bank liquidity, as a result of QE, that there is so much money around that there is far less need for GC financing through the repo market. Um, it's certainly true we, we've seen a decline in things like Eurex's Euro GC pooling, which is a, a, a part of the tri-party repo market, but now there appears to be an effect on tri-party repo more generally. Um, I note in contrast that tri-party securities lending, on the other hand, appears to be doing very well. So I think that's the, the single biggest surprise, the size of that reduction in tri-party. Now, one of the survey findings relates to the demand for high-quality liquid assets, which are unsurprisingly in high demand given the rise in margin requirements as a result of new regulation. How will the repo market evolve given this demand is set to continue? In our previous survey in December 2016, we saw a big jump in um, maturities of one to three months. And that is generally interpreted as um, demand for high quality liquid assets that people borrow for that sort of period in order to meet their liquidity coverage ratio requirements um, where they're doing business up to 30 days. Um, that wasn't so, that, that share of one to three month business fell back um, in the latest survey, um, understandably, because people obviously um, focus on HQLAs for reporting purposes, and NGA would be particularly important. But um, I, I think there are two impacts on the repo market where people use cash um, for variation margining, for example, or where people need to um, acquire non-cash collateral and need collateral transformation to get out of collateral they have into collateral that they need. So it's two sides of the repo market will be affected. Um, the volume of uh, initial margin and variation margin that's been reported by, by various bodies uh, hasn't, it's obviously having an impact on repo, um, but I think people are being a lot more efficient in the management of their margin requirements so uh, the effect on repo has, has not been quite as large as, as might have been expected. But one thing's for certain, it's going to continue and continue to grow so that there will be um, an influence, but on both sides of the business, cash and collateral. And my final question for you, Richard, is what do you expect to be the biggest influencer of the repo market in 2017? Will it continue to be regulation, for instance? I think regulation inevitably will, will dominate um, the agenda for the repo market. Um, there is speculation that there might be some recalibration of some regulations like um, NSFR and um, possibly um, CSDR. Um, 
the, the suggestion is, for example, that the mandatory buy-in requirement under CSDR, which has been delayed in effect for two years, may actually be removed at the end of the period or when, it, when it's scheduled to come in, it may actually be removed before then. So that, that would be quite important. If it goes ahead, that will have a very, very important impact on the market. There's um, NSFR as well. That Really, a lot of people have only started to think about that in the last year or so. So that's going to have serious impacts. If it's recalibrated, that may moderate the, the effect. Um, and then in the background, we have, we have SFTR, the Securities Financing Transaction Regulation, which requires reporting a business in detail to a trade repository. Um, given the experience with EMEA, given the problems in the way that SFTR has been drafted, and just given the sheer volume of information that has to be reported and the accuracy that is required, um, I think that's um, uh, going to be a drag on the market for uh, the next year or so. A lot of resources being switched into that. So regulation inevitably in one form or another will, will, will be top of the list, I think, of things influencing the way the market goes. At the moment, we appear to be on a bit of an um, up, up curve in terms of volume. So people are getting a little bit more comfortable with the regulation that's already been imposed. They're, they're adjusting to it. And they're obviously anticipating the next wave. And then um, I, I think next on the list must be Brexit, given the role that London plays in the repo market, given the um, location of repo clearing in London. Um, I, I think that's uh, clearly number two on our list. Um, may temporarily rise to number one. So I think that's uh, the, the, those are the those are the key influences. Thank you, Richard, for sharing your insight with us today. My pleasure. For more information on the ICMA survey, please go to the show notes page on DerivSource.com. Thank you for listening. Join us next time.